Hi, it's Pete Norsted here, and uh, welcome to a um, well a, a midweek uh, trade on sports and focused on football uh, betting podcast. As usual, I'm joined by Jimmy Kempton. How are you doing, Jimmy? Excellent, thank you, Peter. We had quite a decent little weekend, didn't we? Yeah, results wise, yeah, not of too bad. One winner, one loser. I had, yeah, it was all right. Not, not bad. I had a nice winner opposing uh, opposing Arsenal in the the race for who can fail least miserably and somehow fall into fourth place. Yes, it's unbelievable, really. I, I you know, Arsenal got themselves into a great position, and then they, you know, with losses against Southampton, Brighton, and Crystal Palace, you know, these are you know, well, you know, very poor, really, to be quite honest. Spurs as well. Well, well Spurs Brighton. got themselves into a great position, then couldn't even find a way to have a shot on target to get the Brighton. Yeah. yeah, and obviously, sort of Manchester United just got over the line against Norwich. It's going to be a very interesting finish, this. You know uh, what's going to happen? United are going to somehow jammy their way into fourth spot. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. Arsenal have got to play Chelsea, Spurs and Manchester United. So I suppose their own destinies in the the destinies in their own hand, but but we shall see, won't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean United obviously the six games to go, this very tough game at Anfield on Tuesday night. Who knows what'll happen there. But uh yeah, I've just got a sneaky feeling, Pete. It's just the way United are, aren't they? Yes. Uh, yes. Buggers. Anyway, let's crack on. Big right. game for your stop, Pete. Yeah, tomorrow evening, uh, Liverpool against Manchester United. Recent head-to-heads, uh, Liverpool have won two. There's been three draws. United not one. Minus one and a quarter goal handicap. This, which we've always discussed, you know, uh, about Manchester United. But let's have a look at the records. Southampton, uh, sorry, Liverpool, when they're minus one and a quarter. One, seven, drawn, not lost two. Six of the uh, seven victories were by two or more goals. They come off a two-all draw away at Manchester City. Uh, Manchester United, when they're minus one a quarter goal, interestingly, one not draw, not lost three, and all three were by two or more goals. So it suggests that when Manchester United are plus one and a quarter goals, the bookies sort of know something maybe we don't. They're coming off a 3-2 victory at home to Norwich. Liverpool, they've won their last 10 home matches. Minus one and a quarter goal handicap. We discussed this before. 66 home, six, sorry, 66 matches. 35 times the home side have covered. 13 half losses, 18 losses. So the lean is to, to, to the home side on that trend. My racing suggesting some slight value, Manchester United. The, the handicap is difficult. You'd expect Liverpool to win this one, though. You would. And, and Liverpool have the best home record in the league. 12-3 and hour at Anfield. So the chances of United winning this game automatically straight out the gate, you're thinking they're probably not going to win. So you're looking at, can they get a draw? But the problem for me, though, in terms of looking to back Liverpool in this game at such a short price, either outright or on the handicap line of one and a quarter, is that I was brought up in the Sir Alex Ferguson era, Pete. You know, living through the 90s, and the early 2000s when Manchester United were dominant within it in British football. So to see them sort of such an underdog is quite difficult in my mind to comprehend. But then when you look at the league table, 19 points separate them. You know, it's the same gap between Liverpool and sort of Arsenal. So, you know, would Arsenal be plus one and a quarter goals for this game? Yeah. Yes. And West Ham are only a couple of points sort of worse than Man United. Probably one and a half goals Liverpool would be laying in this fixture. So I want to back Man United here, but it's only based on history 
because it's such a historic game and the way that United are finding their way to fall towards fourth place makes me think they might get some sort of result here. Another interesting thing here is, obviously, it's always a really sort of um, almost toxic atmosphere when these two teams play. But I do believe if Marcus Rashford's there, he'll get a, a great sort of ovation, you know, because of the work he's done with, you know, within the communities. We've already sort of heard that, the, you know, there's going to be some banners supporting Rashford and the work he's done. And that makes you think, well, you know, maybe there's more, you know, it's not going to be such a hostile atmosphere for United. But I think Liverpool will win and, and maybe Liverpool edging it by the odd goal, Pete. Chelsea Arsenal next. Uh, recently it says Chelsea won two. There's been two draws. Arsenal won one. Uh, when minus half a goal handicap, Chelsea's record reads one three draw one lost two. Coming off a very good six nil victory away at Southampton. Arsenal uh, when they're plus half a goal handicap again a poor. This is a poor record. One one draw not lost five. Come for one nil uh, defeat away at Southampton. Chelsea won six in their last seven. Arsenal lost their last three. But as with Manchester United, it suggests Arsenal, when they're plus half a goal, the bookmakers know something, you know, and uh, they've only won one of six. Uh, minus half a goal handicap, 234 matches recently, 111 home wins, 123. The away side have covered the handicap. Slight value Chelsea on my ratings. I think it could be a quite a, a, a tough game, but I, I do fancy Chelsea to win. I think you've probably summed that up quite well here, Pete. Again, a, li a little bit like the Liverpool-Man United game. I can't really see... The, the way that Chelsea bounced back after that disappointing sort of way they went out in Madrid and bounced back to beat Palace yesterday in the Cup semi-final and the way Arsenal are sort of falling away, it's very difficult for me to find a way to, to think Arsenal will win this game. So, obviously, straight away on this half a goal line, you're thinking, well, you know... I'm not convinced Arsenal are going to win the game. My best hope is probably going to be a draw. And I can't really see it, Pete. I think Chelsea, you know, if they hadn't beaten Palace yesterday or really struggled, or if Southampton had got, sorry, Arsenal had got something at Southampton at the weekend, I could have make, made a case for Arsenal here. It's Chelsea or pass. With, you know, with Chelsea effectively nothing to play for with you know third or fourth spot sewn up I'm going to keep away but I think Chelsea will win the game Everton Leicester next uh, recently Ted's Everton have had the better of it they've won three has been one draw Leicester have won one uh, when minus quarter handicap Everton's record reads 1-5 draw and one loss four coming for a very good 1-0 victory at home to Manchester United Leicester uh, when they're plus a quarter goal again. The record's fairly poor. 1-1, one, one, drawn two, lost seven. Coming off a 2-1 defeat to at Newcastle, which we backed. Under two and a half goals has been seen in Everton's last four home matches. When minus quarter handicap, there's been 507 matches. 212 times the home side have covered. There's been 151 half losses and 144 losses. Uh, my ratings, again, suggesting good value Leicester. And again, I'm going to stick with them and go Leicester plus a quarter. Leicester have cost me a little bit this season. Yeah, they've cost quite a few people. Um, I mean, their league position is nine. So if you just look at that league table, you go, oh, Leicester, top half side, doing all right. They're only three points ahead of 14th place Newcastle. So, you know, a couple of results sort of going the other way. And all of a sudden, you'd be looking at this and going, oh, Leicester, sort of 
you know, bottom half side struggling. There's 12 points that separate these two teams. Now, you know, if you look at the league table, you do those similar sort of calculations. Would Burnley be favoured over Newcastle on home soil, Pete? Mm, it's it's a close game, I'd say. Would Brentford be favoured over West Ham at home? No, I wouldn't have said so. And 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 they're the sorts of differentials we're talking about here. Yet Everton, because of their name, I would suggest, are quarter goal favourites for this game. Now they have gotten three one and one against Leicester at Goodison Park in recent seasons. And Leicester, let's be honest, they've been pretty terrible away from home this season. They've only won three of 15. And I think a lot of that has been down to the injury issues for Jamie Vardy. I want to back Leicester here, Pete. One of the problems is that because the very sort of inconsistent sides, I think both of them are very subject to match-up situations and how the opponents sort of shape up against them. They haven't played each other yet this season because I think it was a COVID issue. The, the game got sort of pushed around and, and this is actually a game that should have been played a long time ago. So I would like a little bit of sort of recent data on how the teams played against each other this season before I jumped in on Leicester. We said, you know, I said when Lampard took over, Everton are probably going to be really good at home, terrible away that's been the trend. Even though my head's telling me Leicester here, my heart's actually saying a little bit of a lean towards Leicester, uh, towards the home side, Pete, but I can't take Everton. Next up, Newcastle Palace. Uh, Newcastle are on a good run, actually. They won their last four, coming off a 2-1 victory at home to Leicester. Recent head-to-head against Palace, 1-3, and Palace have won two. Newcastle at home went minus a quarter. Not a bad record. 1-6, drawn three, lost one. Uh, Palace, when they're plus a quarter, one two drawn three lost five cut off a two one defeat again at Leicester away at Leicester. Funnily enough, uh, minus quarter goal we said before five hundred seven matches two hundred twelve home wins one hundred fifty one lo- half losses one hundred forty four losses no real value in the line but it does make you wonder how Palace will perform after yesterday's disappointing FA Cup semi final. And that's the only reason I'm not backing them here, Pete. <laughs> I've got a real lean towards Palace. Mid-third sides playing against each other in the in the final few games of the season. I've run the stats. The home team only wins 31% of those games. So in these sorts of, in inverted commas, dead rubber games, there's a definite advantage or a lean towards the away team avoiding defeat. And in this instance, you've got the home side as favourite. So automatically, I would like to back Palace. But it was their literal... Cup final at the weekend. Yes, it was the semi-final, but it was the biggest game they were going to play. They threw a lot into the game. They suffered a, I'll say, a heartbreaking defeat against Chelsea because they lost two 0 It wasn't like they lost in the last minute, but they've got nothing to play for now. Their players have had a really good season, so those who are going to stay will know they're going to stay. Those who Patrick Vieira doesn't fancy will be well aware of their fate. So. I don't think there's really anything that the Paris players can do in these final seven games of the season that's going to alter the, the direction of their career. So it could be a flat performance we see from Palace here. We know what St James's Park can be like with the lights on, bit of a cauldron. They're in decent form, Newcastle, so I'm going to keep well away from this one, mate. Uh, City, Brighton next. Uh, Manchester City have had the, the best of this, uh, as you'd obviously 
uh, thing. You know, they've won all four of the recent head-to-heads. When minus one and a, I've I've typed, priced this up as minus one and three quarters, but I'll get to that later. Minus one and three quarters. City have won six, drawn one, lost one. Three of the six victories were by three or more goals. Could offer two or draw at home to Liverpool. Brighton, um, when they're uh, plus one and three quarter goals, one not drawn, one lost two. None of the two defeats were by three or more goals. Can offer a one nil victory away at Spurs. Brighton successful victories over Arsenal and Spurs away. Incredible, really. Uh, especially after that, they you know they they went through that dip and now all of a sudden they're back in good form again. We spoke about this line on Saturday, uh, minus one and three quarters, 61 matches, 13 times the home side have covered it, 14 times, 14 half wins, but 34 losses. So the lean is definitely to the away side. My ratings are suggesting there's some good value with the away side. However, I have backed them and would advise to back them. Plus two goals, you can get 1.80. So it's Brighton plus two goals for me on that one. I think that's a, a much better bet, Pete, obviously, because you get an extra quarter of a goal, but you get that sort of cover um, where City get a couple of goals ahead and then just sit back, and then there's no real sort of reason for Brighton to push forward, um, conserving their energy for future games. I mean, the, the match line open too, it's trended down to one and three quarters. And I think a lot of that is... is sort of punters have realised just how organised Brighton are and the lust for goals for the home side may not really be there. I mean, Man City have got some massive games coming up against Real Madrid. You know, we're probably going to see in certain league games a very sort of interchangeable sort of 15 or 16 players being used by Man City and they're going to be sort of taking the foot off the gas in games where they can. I mean, City have won eight of the nine meetings of the teams, but Brighton did win 3-2 at the back end of last season when the sides met. I, I agree with you, Pete. If I, if I can get that sort of 1.8 whatever on, on Brighton plus two goals, given their recent form given the lack, potential lack of desire for City to really run up the score, I think that's a pretty decent bet. Interesting. Uh, that's coming up next for the uh, uh, Burnley-Southampton. Recently, it says Burnley 1-2. There's been two draws, Southampton 1-1. One, one. When Burnley a scratch, good good record, really. 1-6 drawn, 4 lost, none. Cut off a one-all draw away at West Ham. Southampton, when they're away off scratch, again, they've got a good record. 1-6 drawn, 2 lost, 2. Cut off a 1-0 victory at home to Arsenal. We've said, uh, if we look at scratch, 193 matches, 57 home wins, 67 draws and 69 away wins. I reckon, though, looking at these records, both seems seems fairly resilient off scratch. And I reckon this could end up probably being a draw. Um I don't know what to say about the uh, Burnley manager situation. I mean, we said off uh, the podcast last uh, week that we thought Burnley, Watford and Norwich were all three very well-managed clubs. And uh, this is a little bit un-Burnley-like, really, I think. Well, it's a shambles, Pete. I'm going to tell you a little story now. I spent a lot of Sunday afternoon chatting to my mate, who's, uh, whose nickname is Burnley Dave. Funnily enough, he's a chap called Dave who comes from Burnley and he's a season ticket holder at Turf Moor. He's nearer 80 years of age than 70 and he still travels from Lincoln to Burnley for most home games via the train. He renewed his season ticket last Monday. He told me if they'd sacked Dyche before he renewed it, 
he wouldn't have renewed it. This is a man who has supported Burnley since the 1950s. I'm not convinced, well, I know full well that a lot of Burnley fans, as as, I'll say as sad as this sounds, they want to see their team go down now because there's a growing discontent about the way the owners have purchased the club. I believe they've done a very Glazer-type thing, used a little bit of the club's money to leverage against future earnings, etc. And they don't like it. They, they fully understand that they're not going to be a Premier League heavyweight. They love Sean Dyche and what he's done. And I'm not convinced there's going to be, you know, like normal games like this, to be a cracking atmosphere at Turf Moor, fully behind the players. Now, I'm not going to say that they're going to be against the players. It's more the ownership. But I don't think it's going to be a very supportive atmosphere. And when you look at the way Southampton bounced back at the weekend, beating Arsenal after that terrible loss against Chelsea, and then when you look at their record under Hassan Hootel, they've gone 10-2-3 away at bottom six finishing sides. So they've won 10 and 15 with two draws, only three losses on this scratch line, Pete. I'm taking Southampton here to put another nail in Burnley's uh, relegation coffin. I mean, they're talking aren't they, about Sam Allardyce coming back, but I can't see that, though, can you? Well, the, the strangest thing about it, and this is what me and Dave were chatting about yesterday, was when, when they sacked Dyche, Pete, I expected another tweet within 20 minutes announcing a new manager, i.e., They've got yes. somebody lined up. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Big Sam, you know, <laughs> Fireman Sam to the rescue, Red Adair and all that to get them out of trouble. But there's nobody. So like, hang on a minute. You you sacked him, but because you know, that's the underhand way that things are normally done these days, aren't they? They 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 line somebody up, get just as he's leaving the car park, the new manager arrives. But it it's a disorganized mess at Burnley. And you've got to think, a lot of these players, you know, I know they're obviously putting a good performance yesterday, but is that just a one-game sort of lift? I don't know. I like Southampton here, mate. If you have a look, though, at the, the Burley's remaining fixtures, they've got Southampton at home, Wolves at home, Watford away, Villa at home, Spurs away, Villa away, Newcastle at home. It's not a bad run in that, really, is it? So why would you not trust Dice yeah. to get enough points? Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? I genuinely don't get it. I mean, they, they sold Chris Wood in, in January. When the bloke spent, what is it, a net spend of £25 million in five years. But, but yeah, I mean, but again, as we said at the podcast, well, we said off the podcast last week, the three teams that are going down are very well run. You'd have to fancy Burnley to, to, to win that championship, certainly to get promoted. Well, would you know if, if, if they've got rid of the, you know, well, they've got to hit well again in, in terms of a the, point in the match? Yes, they might not be as they, Yeah, they might not be as well run as we were giving them credit for. Yeah, I mean, in terms of, is it just was it just sort of one man stabilising the, the, the playing? Because if you look at the players, you know, they've not really got huge amounts of Premier League quality. What, you're probably going to get maybe three or four of their players probably purchased by other Premier League clubs. I can't yeah. see huge amounts of them. So, at least being a regular starter in another team, he's worked wonders. And I just find it'd be interesting to know if it came as a surprise to Daesh. 
Yeah, strange, isn't it? Very, very strange. Yeah, I, I just think it's one of, you know, football has gone crazy over the last few years in terms of sackings. But why, why wasn't he sacked sort of four or five weeks ago? Yeah, that's, that's the feeling. Yes, yes it's, the, it's the not having anybody to take over, isn't it? That's, that's peculiar. It, well, it, yeah, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. So I'm going to take them to lose this uh, Thursday night. Right, uh, I'm going to go then, we'll wrap this up. I'm going to go uh, Leicester plus a quarter. Let's just hope that they can do the business this time. <laughs> Leicester plus a quarter <laughs> and Brighton plus two away at Man City. Two tough games there, really. I'm going to take Southampton off the scratch line, the draw no bet line, uh, away at Burnley. So give me Ralph Hassan Hootel's men, the team who get beat 25-0, yet bounce back the week after as if nothing happened. Quite amazing, really, what Hassan Hootel does at Southampton to, to get his players having short memories. So we'll take them to win at Turf Moor. Right, we shall be back this Friday for the weekend's action. Best of luck, everybody.